When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. We're now promo code DNVR when you sign up is actually going to get you some pretty special offers like how a $5 bet on the NBA playoffs can get you $150 in free bets instantly. You clinch no matter what. All you got to do is pick the winning team, favorite, underdog, whatever you want. Use code DNVR at sign up for those special offers on DraftKings Sportsbook. On today's DNVR Rockies podcast, you will hear a wonderful live show that we recorded on Monday afternoon where we touched a little bit on the Phillies series as far as letting you know what's going on in the world of the Philadelphia Phillies. We also went through and discussed an interesting road trip that some young Rockies players went on. You'll hear that introduction in just a moment, but here I am speaking to you about Monday night's game. It was a 4-1 victory over the Philadelphia Phillies. Rockies moved to 7-3 on the season. It is one of only six starts in franchise history where the Rockies have started off 7-3 or better, two instances in which they started out 8-2, and two, that being, I believe, 2011 and 2020. I think we all remember how 2020 went, where they started 11-3 and three and really got our hopes up, especially considering it was only a 60-game season. Well, Rockies this year are looking really solid. A lot of good things, 2.2 for their success. We know it's going to be a long year ahead of them. We know they have incredibly difficult division that they play in in the NL West. We know the Dodgers are there. We are going to talk about the NL West later on in this episode, but for the Rockies, you worry about just the Rockies and you have to say right now they are looking really solid. The story on Monday night was Chad Cool, who looked really solid. Threw about 68 pitches over 6 innings pitched, not a lot per inning. Very good through 14 in the first, then nine, nine, 20 in the fourth, which ended up being the minimum. We struck out both Bryce Harper and Nick Castellanos, which he did twice today, four strikeouts between those two gentlemen. And although he walked Reese Hoskins in the fourth, he got a great bit of benefit from his defense, whereby Elias Diaz did a nice little back pick on Reese Hoskins. And so threw a couple of pitches to Kyle Schwarber there, but only faced three in the fourth for those 20 pitches, five pitches in the fifth against Kyle Schwarber, Alec Baum and Gene Segura. Poor Alec Baum had a rough game, tried to make a play on the tarp like Nolan Arenado didn't quite work, fell on his, you know what, 
And then if you watch that play, the umpire like walked away with his cap. I have no idea what that third base ump was doing. Straight up walked away with his cap and Baum had to snatch it out of his hands. That was odd. And then in the sixth, Chad Cool throws 11 pitches outside of a single to Bryce Harper in the first. He didn't allow another hit until JT Realmuto notched a single in the sixth. That was it. Two hits, one walk in six innings pitched. No runs allowed by Chad Cooley. Now is over the 10-inning mark. I think he's at 10.1 innings pitched. Only one earned run. Walked just one today, as I mentioned, an improvement from his last start in Texas. That's where he needs to worry about fill up the zone. But he talked in the postgame conference that, you know what, in Texas, he was a little bit outside the zone more than you would like. And he was far enough out that when you try to come back inside, it becomes a bit of a challenge. So he stayed much more in that zone, did have only four strikeouts. It was They were two from Harper and two from Castellanos. That was all he got, but it was really solid overall. Came out for the seventh, and before he even had a chance to throw a pitch, Bud Black was coming out. One of the trainers, Heath Townsend, was there to check on him. Same with Elias Diaz, and he thought maybe it was the finger, but you probably wouldn't have sent him out there again had that been the case. As it turns out, it was some kind of issue with his right hip flexor. It's not something he's had happened to him before. He said maybe it had something to do with the coolness uh, on the night. Just kind of tightened up a little bit on him there. You know, in the sixth inning, it was a little bit longer in the bottom of the sixth. And so he was waiting there. He feels it's not going to be anything that's going to be uh, any impingement on him making his next start. That seemed to be the case uh, with his bloody middle finger. Hey, he makes his start on time. Seems like the same will be said with his hip flexor issue. So that sixth bottom of the sixth inning, I should say, uh, I was alluding to Rockies did some things there. They were able to chase Aaron Nola from the game. It started with Charlie Blackman hammering his first home run of the season to right center field, a mammoth blast into the Phillies bullpen right as they were starting to warm up some of their guys in there. Turned out to be, I believe, a 453-foot blast. That might have been the measurement. Uh, That was exactly the measurement. And it was exactly the fifth longest home run of Charlie's career, believe it or not. According to StatCast, fifth longest of Charlie Blackman's career. So big blast there. He ended up getting on base in the seventh with a walk. But in that sixth, you also had C.J. Crone, who singled. He ended up advancing to second base on a wild pitch by Jose Alvarado, who had come in the game. Aaron Nola's day was done at that point. You had Ryan McMahon hit a nice ground ball to the right side. So you got C.J. Crone at third base with two outs. Uh, You know, is that going to end up working out? Well, yeah, because Alvarado throws two more in the dirt. First one, Crone wasn't able to get a good read or jump on. Second one, he does. And really, those were all the runs that they would need to get those two runs there. In the sixth, Phillies did end up getting one run in the eighth. That was charged to Carlos Estevez, who didn't have his best stuff. He ends up giving up three hits, including a pinch hit double, which ended up being the only run for the Phillies on the day. But Chassin comes in, cleans up that mess, and then you saw Alex Colomay, Close it out with the one inning save. Only had a walk, 
relatively quick based on what he typically does. We know he likes to take his time, catch his breath. That's what works for him. And he records his first save as a member of the Colorado Rockies. Bard went back-to-back games on Friday and Saturday, spoke to him ahead of Sunday's game, said he wasn't available, seemed as if he wasn't available as well on Monday. And hey, again, you get a W without all of your best guys in the lineup. That includes Chris Bryant, who set out his first game, had a, had a full day off after being the DH on Sunday. He just had straight up the day off altogether. Connor Joe had the day off from his feet. He was the, the DH batting leadoff, reached base twice, singled in the first inning, walked in the third, but he talked about him again in the postgame presser. I actually asked him about what he, the job that Connor Joe is doing in the leadoff spot, because even if you look at his two outs in the fifth and the seventh, he ended up bringing both those counts to full and I think he even fouled one off. So he saw at minimum 12 pitches in his at-bats that he did not reach base. So, you know, he's looking at sitting at about somewhere around 465, if you will, in the neighborhood of his on-base percentage. So just, again, doing an amazing job setting the table and allowing those behind him to come up with a little bit of pressure on the pitcher. You saw that with Charlie Blackman again scoring two runs out of the two-hole. Randall Gritchick was batting third. He had himself a two-run double. Big moment there in the seventh when the Rockies scored two more as some helpful insurance runs. CJ Crone, another multi-hit game. Ho-hum, right? Goes two for four there. Great job defensively over at first base. Brendan Rodgers got off the schneid a little bit with a double in the eighth. Not the typical double you would think of. It was one that Got through the hole in the middle just slightly. If you thought it was an error, you, you know, you got to look and say that required some extraordinary effort by the shortstop in order to make that play. It squibs off of his glove and Brendan Rodgers hustles out. So it was more of a hustle double, I think, than anything. Sam Hilliard had two hits, had his first caught stealing in the majors, was 10 for 10. Was maybe hoping to go after Josh Rutledge, Rutledge's. Record. I think Rutledge had maybe 19 stolen bases in a row without getting caught, something absurd like that. And Jose Iglesias had himself a double. So another great night at the ballpark for the Rockies. Only about 20,000 showed up. With, uh, you know, good mix of Phillies fans, Rockies fans. In general, Tyler Kinley also had himself a scoreless inning with one strikeout. He is looking really, really good. So... Rockies, again, 7-3 right now. They don't move anywhere in the standings as the Dodgers ended up winning against Atlanta. It's nice to see Freddie Freeman playing against his old team there. That was a couple cool moments. Again, if you're a baseball fan, if you're just a straight-up Dodger hater, you probably wish. I didn't even mention it. Hey, and I can't blame you for that passion. Giants had the night off, and the Padres are keeping pace. They've played two more games than the Rockies. At this point, they ended up coming out with a win over Cincinnati. So they've got an easy one there ahead of them. And so you've got four teams with seven wins right now in the NL West. Most wins in the NL Central, six by the Cubs and Brewers. You've got one team with seven wins in the NL East. 
and nobody in the American League right now with seven wins and a couple teams with better winning percentages, like the White Sox were six and three, uh, better winning percentage than the San Diego Padres since they are seven and five. As I said, two extra games that they played. They started their season a day early, and then when the Rockies had a day off last Wednesday, the Padres had a game. So they haven't had a game off yet. And so NL West is looking to be that powerhouse with four teams with seven or more wins right now. Rockies will go ahead and face the Phillies again for the next two days. As we previewed upcoming here on this episode, Battle of the Kyles on Tuesday, Kyle Freeland and Kyle Gibson. Gibson, of course, an all-star with Texas last year, acquired at the deadline by the Phillies. That game starts at 6.40 p.m. And on Wednesday, the getaway day at 110, Herman Marquez against Zach Eflin. Those games, of course, are going to be on KOA and AT&T Sportsnet. And, and just a little bit of, of quick uh, house cleaning. Just want to thank everybody listening to this right now because you have helped elevate our show at DNVR Rockies to one of the top 100 baseball podcasts in America. And so I really mean it from the bottom of my heart. Like this is... This is what I live for. This is what I love to do and to be received in this way and uh, and to be welcomed by everybody in the Rockies community and then some uh, is, is absolutely wonderful. And again, I couldn't be doing this without you listening to this right now. And so whether you left a review over on Apple or wherever you listen to this as a podcast, I greatly appreciate that. You can still do that now, but being able to say I, I have a top 100, me and Susie together as a team, a top 100 baseball podcast in the United States is is pretty darn cool. It's cool to say I have the 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 55th or I'm a part of the 55th best baseball podcast in Germany. How about that weird little wrinkle? Uh, but I care mostly about our friends here in the states more than anything. And I do want to uh, take a quick moment on, on a somber note to uh, acknowledge the passing of Jason Keen, who was a very nice guy that was able to have on the podcast last year, uh, last th- this past off season. In December, we talked all about baseball cards and the rise of, you know, sports cards in general, went through a little bit of the recent history of, of sales. And, and he shared some wonderful stories about getting into, you know, baseball card and sports card collecting as well as comics, you know, uh, and, and run a business with his brother, uh, in Loveland, Grand Slam sports cards and collectibles. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, you know, he did pass away here in the past week. And so thoughts and prayers do go out to you know, his entire family and everybody uh, in the sports card collecting community because he was there. He was at the Friends of, of Baseball event in Greeley. I got a chance to, to catch up with him again in, in February. And he was there, you know, doing what he loved. And uh, I know he was able to do that up until the very end. So all my condolences to his entire family. So uh, thanks again, go back and, and, and check that out. And, and you can go online and find some different information, how you can you know give back to Grand Slam sports cards and collectibles and pay tribute to them. Uh, they got a, a good Facebook page. If you want to say some, some kind things, I know they would appreciate that. Or even on our YouTube video, uh, if you so choose, and uh, I can pass that along to all of his friends and family. So uh, on that note, unfortunately, a bit somber, but uh, we do have a show that uh, I want you to hear. If you want to see the visuals of it, because 
we do have a bit of a wardrobe change. Uh, we'll see what kind of a budget we get for that as far as some of the fun segments that we have uh, in store. And so you can see that over on the YouTube channel that we have, DNVR Sports. Of course, you can go back if you're getting in, uh, not at the last minute, but if you're getting in here 10 games into the season, you're saying, what's the hubbub about? Go back and check out our player preview series where we run through Ryan McMahon, Brendan Rodgers. Uh, we touch on Randall Gritchick and, and Alex Colomay, those new guys, and we talk about the bullpen, how great they've been. Herman Marquez, Kyle Freeland, Antonio Senzatella, all that and more with Kevin Henry of Rocks Pile and Kenneth Weber of Purple Row. So you can go back, check that out, and uh, and get yourself updated in general as to what's going on in the Rockies world. In addition to just listening to what you're about to hear now and continuing going forward again, thank you all very much for, for contributing to this great success that we've been having. So Wednesday morning, you'll get a great post-game recap of that Phillies game on Tuesday night. And then Wednesday, we'll be coming at you live with a post-game show. You can probably count on those going live about an hour and a half after the final out, at least if it's a home game. If it's a road game, because we're going to bring you a post-game show on Friday. And it seems like it's a million years away. But on Friday, Rockies in Detroit, we will go on live pretty soon after the final out. But when it's a home game, it does get harder to get down to the corner of Colfax in New York at the DNVR bar. But that will usually go down in and around 5.30, right? An hour and a half after the final out at Coors Field. So finally, without further ado, I know I squeezed in a couple things there. Here is wonderful show I got to do with the Susie Hunter. Check it out on DNVR Sports Channel on YouTube. We are your hosts, Patrick Lyons. I'm Susie Hunter. And we've got a lot to get to today on Monday's show. We're going to preview the Philly series, talk about who's exceeded some expectations here for the Rockies, figure out who's going to win the NOS based on the first week of interesting <laughs> news and notes, and I have a little bit of a road trip banter, especially based on an article that you wrote recently, Susie, yeah. about two Rockies players who were trapped in a car together. And I think trapped is the appropriate word. I think trapped is pretty appropriate to say, but they made the best of it. We'll, we're going to get into it later, though. Oh, we will. We will. Yeah, let's let's talk about the Rockies. Uh, we are a Rockies show. We're yes, also, we, we are. are. We're also a baseball show, too. We're one of the top 100 baseball shows. Congratulations to us. Congrats to us. That's yes. right. 96 right now in top 100 baseball shows in the U.S. Only 196 in baseball shows in Great Britain. So... We're sorry about that. Oh, no, that's for our Canada. We're yes, trying to boost no. our Canadian numbers. What are you talking about? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I, hopefully, I don't have to go to the loo at some point in the middle of our show. Is that <laughs> that do anything for our numbers? We're at 195. We're going to find in out. In Great Britain, in baseball. But we're a Rocky show, so we're going to talk a little bit about Rockies who have exceeded expectations. Now, overall, the team, you know, depending on where you looked or who you talked to, I know on, we know on DraftKings Sportsbook, their over-under number was 68 and a half. Seems like an easy over. That's insulting. <laughs> yeah, and there there were really only, I think, Chris Bryant and Herman Marquez on players that you could have bet season-long totals for strikeouts or home runs, MVP race, Cy Young Award, things like that. Mm -hmm. So in general, everyone else was just kind of lurking about the middle as just average-type players. And, you know, we have some expectations, fans have some expectations, but there have been some players who've kind of jumped out there already in their early going, and you say you know what? This guy's been a little bit better than advertised. Yeah. 
So you advertise for a guy to be really good <laughs> and maybe they're even better than that. So take us through your list, starting with number five. Oh, I'm, so I'm, I'm starting with number five and working up. We got to tease it. Yes. Okay, fine. Yeah, because I've got a short list of guys who have exceeded my, okay. my expectations. Okay. Um, so Justin Lawrence is at my number five spot. Ooh, Justin okay. Lawrence. So I feel like he is not talked about enough. He was supposed to start the season at Triple A. So he like, did right. Yeah, he and he actually did. He <laughs> did start this. He went all the way to Albuquerque. Um, uh, but yeah, he has allowed one run in six innings. He's pitched five games already wow. this season. So I just think he's off to such a great start. I like that. Yeah. Outside of Daniel Bard, who obviously they've needed him in all those save opportunities. In fact, he's only come in in save opportunities because these games have been so close. Has the four saves, did have the one blown save. He's got five appearances. So does Justin Lawrence. So that mm -hmm. that lets you know how important he's been to the bullpen for how much Bud Black has had to point that right hand down and go to Justin Lawrence. Yeah, no, and of course the bullpen is has been sneaky good. Very good. All right, do you want my sneaky. number four? Give us number four, yeah. All right, number four, Alan Trejo, yes. who came off the bench hot. He hit a three-run home run in that Cubs game on Friday, and we really needed that. Um, and I also just really like what Bud Black said about him and that how him coming off the bench and doing well just lifts everyone up because they see how hard he works, and it just it makes everyone happy to see it. And so many of these guys have come up together. Now, granted, you know, Trejo might be a, a year or two behind guys like Sam Hilliard, Jonathan Daza, so they might not have played on the, the same minor league teams together, but they know each other. They have a familiarity. Mm -hmm. They've been going and reporting to camp down in, in Scottsdale at Salt River Fields for a few years, so they're rooting for those guys. Uh, and his, you know, addition to this list and what he's contributed, super important right now because Garrett Hampson, that guy that you're looking for at shortstop, second base, when you need to give Iglesias and Rogers some time off, He's on the IL right now, mm -hmm. so we're, we're going to see a lot more of Trejo. He's going to have a few more opportunities to continue to exceed those expectations as a guy who may be one of the last players off the bench. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, my number three. You ready? I'm ready. Ty Block. I did yes. not expect this to be the hometown kid that would impress me so much with this pitching, but he got the win on Friday. He came into that game with bases loaded. He allowed a sack fly, but he really minimized that damage and got the save against the Dodgers last week, last weekend. So, you know, overall, I'm just very happy with what he's been doing for us. So he would have been third on the list of Colorado left-handers on the Rockies <laughs> behind Kyle Freeland and Lucas Gilbreth. And now, well, he's third again on, on your list for exceeding <laughs> expectations, but Freeland and Gilbert are nowhere to be found, so he does have the top spot <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. in that capacity. You're right. He's, he's been a, a nice, surprising story. Mm -hmm. All right, number two. Connor Joe, hashtag yeah. Joe Flow. He's started in every game. He's been hitting leadoff. He's been productive. I've just liked what I've seen. Yeah, he's he's been super strong this year. He's one of those players where you say, well, how could he be exceeding expectations? He was so good last year. Yes, he was, but before 2021, he had a, a handful of at-bats in the majors. I think it might have been even something like 19 plate appearances in total with the Giants in 2019. So hadn't been able to do it, hadn't been able to stay healthy and show it. And he did, got hurt, and you go, ah, eh, you know, that might have been his, his chance, his opportunity. Big question mark, big what if. Mm -hmm. And as you said, playing really well in that leadoff spot, five multi-hit games. So 
is still exceeding expectations, yep. even though he's doing what you would have hoped in a best case scenario. Of course. Yes. I hope nothing but the best for him. <laughs> <laughs> Always. All right. So my number one, this is also a guy who I'm not saying, oh, I expected him to not be great, but was just not expecting this much. CJ Crone. I was expecting good things. I was not expecting five home runs already in the season and then just two in one game the other day. So I'm just so happy with what I'm seeing from CJ Crone. And I love that he's just like, yeah, I can do better. He's like, I'll do better. I'll hit a little bit further. <laughs> he's like, a little bit further. <laughs> and, I, and I appreciate that caveat, or rather your explanation is that this isn't like, oh, here are five guys who aren't very good that they're doing well to awesome. It's no, you have a certain expectations about what a player is going to do. And when you do better than that, you exceed those expectations. So Crone, uh, I, you're right. He's he's kind of picked up where he's left off, but still you go, there's no way he can be as good as he was last year. And so far, he has been. For me, number five on my list, we've got a lot of crossover here. Mm-hmm. I got Jose Iglesias. He's in 286 right now at the bottom of the order. Most of that did come in his four-hit game, but I think his defense has been really solid. He's been a guy, I think that's been somewhat of a linchpin in the clubhouse. He really talks about, you know, the really the chemistry that that the team has had and, and has a lot of positive things to say about guys. He's a veteran player too, so mm-hmm. a lot of the guys are looking up to him right now. And so he's he's contributed uh, offensively, defensively, and scientifically in the clubhouse, <laughs> chemistry-wise. Yes. I just want to keep it going with, with the trend there. Yeah, he's been good. That's good. That's good. Yeah, you know what? I, um, I like that pick a lot too because I was just like, oh, am I going to put him in my top five? And I'm glad you did. Yeah. So thank you for that. He, he deserves the love. He just squeaks in there. Also kind of just squeaking in there. I got Chris Bryant. Now, he hasn't torn the cover off the ball, but he is, he's been very consistent. Like, we haven't even seen him play his best yet. Like, I feel like he's just had average games. Granted, that average is 343 right now, second on the team behind only Connor Joe. And he's just he just gives good professional at-bats each and every time. He's been solid. Defensively, outside that one gaffe against the Dodgers in Game 3 where the wind was swirling like crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, his defense has been really strong. We saw some of the issues that Connor Joe had on Sunday where it was a little bit windy again. Mm-hmm. I just think overall he's been he's been as good as advertised. And I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what happens when he really starts to go off. And I think in this Philly series, we we see that. Yeah. This is where it starts for him. Yeah. It's funny because I know Phillies fans really, really wanted Chris Bryant. So I'm happy that they get to see him on our side. That's right. Uh, but I just think there are so many, there, were, there have been so many moments this season so far where it's like, oh, this would be a great time for Chris Bryant's first home run. So he has not exceeded my True. expectations. That's fair. I have expected more, but I'm not saying he hasn't been a productive member of this group. That's fair. Did make the final out there on opening day where you go, oh, man, this is a wonderful story. Three-run home run to tie the game. Didn't happen, uh, unfortunately, but... Uh, Justin Lawrence, uh, I would probably also put him on my list too. Mm-hmm. He's not there though, but CJ Crone, we do match up with that. He's mm-hmm. number one on your list, number three on my list because, and we'll, we'll kind of wait and see what happens. I, I was worried about the injury bug kind of, you know, getting to him, but he's really picked up where he's left off, you know, started on Sunday uh, in the lead in the national league four home runs has 10 RBI as well. So He's been really, really fantastic. Can't say enough about him. And Connor Joe is right there. He's number two on my list. 14% walk rate. Exactly what you want out of a leadoff hitter. Oh, yes, of course. Great plate discipline. Love it. Number one on my list for exceeders of expectations (laughs) uh, would be Ty Block. Now, I say that even though 
I, I was the organizer and the one who had scheduled the original block party. I love back that. in December <laughs> before he was even a member of the Rockies saying, Hey, here's some minor league free agents. The Rockies should go and kick the tires on. He's a Colorado native. Uh, I think there's still something there in the tank. You know, he's just coming back from Tommy John surgery again on a minor league deal that you, you can't really pass that up. You need that kind of depth. And he's been great. He's got one win. He's got mm-hmm. one save. Hasn't given up a run yet in five and two thirds innings pitched and has been solid. And I think because you know, with those four innings that we ended up seeing uh, on uh, last Sunday in Game 3 against the Dodgers, I, I'm wondering if the Rockies are are kind of waiting in the wings with him as the long reliever, but also as a guy who maybe at some point in the season they could stretch out to be in the starting rotation. So I don't even know that we've even seen uh, maximum tie block just yet. We'll see. Uh, I'm trying to think of more block puns. More block I puns, love, yes. I love block party. Well, you know, he did have the MVP chain. You mm-hmm. could say he was wearing a blockchain. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to work on these. You're, there's, you're there's very quick with puns. puns, but we've got nothing but time. Yeah. It's a long season. Too much time. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And we haven't hit the best one yet. That's that's for sure. And we've we've got Charlie Blackman, Bud Black, Ty Block. It's 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 a cluster. It's too too many. There's a lot maybe. of opportunities for tongue twisters over here, and a lot of opportunities for the Rockies to continue their winning ways as the Felfia Phillies. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah. Felfia Phillies. Yeah, perfect. You nailed it. <laughs> Philadelphia Phillies uh, coming to town here. They are four and six. They just came off of a one and three road trip against the Miami Marlins, who, much like with the Rockies, you know the Phillies have trouble when they go down to Miami. Uh, playing there against the mm-hmm. the fish. And so, you know, Phillies are, are figuring a couple things out. They've got a lineup that's really, really solid, but they haven't been able to put it together just yet. Yeah, they're in a little bit of a rut right now, and I don't think coming to Coors Field is necessarily going to help them either because they don't really <laughs> play well at Coors Field either. So yeah. I have pretty high hopes for the Rockies this week. Pitching matchups should be today on Monday, Aaron Nola versus Chad Cool. On Tuesday, Kyle Gibson versus Kyle Freeland. Bell the Kyle versus Kyle. Hadn't thought of that. <laughs> um, Gonna put some monster energy drinks yeah, in the. Yeah, I like uh, it. <laughs> and then on Wednesday, Zach Eflin versus Herman Marquez in the day game. We'll of course have a post game show mm-hmm. there here at the DNVR bar on Wednesday afternoon. Where, if you're a member, you do get a member sized beer, Breckenridge Brewery. You know. Good company, hard seltzer. If you want to go for a can, whatever it may be, you can tap into all that and more. You know, if you're a member, you also get price breaks on tailgates, uh, party bus, whether it's nuggets, avalanche, whatever it may be, extra raffle tickets at any of our watch parties, which we have going on all week long. In fact, Monday night tonight, nuggets, nuggets mm-hmm. and warriors. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be popping off. It's going to be as usual for off. Monday night too. Yeah, <laughs> it's still going to be rocking in a major way. Remember, it's only 50 cents for your first month. And if you actually want an annual membership, uh, you're going to get a free shirt at the dnvrlocker.com. Getting that member-sized beer. Could be a Breckenridge Brew. Could be that Avalanche Ale. Or, again, a Good Company Hard Seltzer, which is fantastic. Do you have a, a favorite flavor? You honeydew? You go black cherry? I am black cherry all the way. Yeah. In all seltzers, but especially Good Company. Especially, yeah. That would be good in a blender with some ice, like... It just oh, is a wonderful summer treat. That's a, a summer treat. That's a great idea. 
cooking with Breck Brew. Like that, that could be a segment. We Are have we going to make point. a cooking show? Do we have a kitchen We may in have here? to. We may have to with, with all our various sponsors. We'll come up with interesting little food options. But uh, you can pick up your Good Company Hard Seltzer just about anywhere. King Supers, Safeway, Costco. Get that 15-can sampler. Coolest part, too, about what they're doing is they do donate part of their profits to the National Parks Conservation Association to help with prevention of forest fires. If you're at home and you're having difficulty watching the Nuggets, Avs, or Rockies, have no fear because Evoca TV has got your back. Go to evoca.tv slash DNVR, zero hidden fees or contracts. We're talking $25 per month plus a receiver, and your price is locked in for two years. You never have to worry again about missing out on the Nugs or the Avs with the Vodka TV. Again, that's evoca.tv slash DNVR. And... Use code DNVR and you actually get $10 off your first three months. So now we're talking $15 per month. That's so much first savings. Three months. That's insane. Savings, yeah. How is that legal? Uh, yo, now, <laughs> now someone's going to look into it. You know, Susie, you had to ruin no. it. <laughs> Susie, don't say that. No, they, well, Evoca TV does advertise on AT&T Sportsnet. So it's pretty legal. It's legal. We'll it's legal. pretty legal. No, it's... <laughs> It definitely is. So Philly's four and six right now. Come to Coors Field. It's weird how, especially because you're talking about a team that's not in the same division as the Rockies, but they're going to play the Phillies for three games here. They're going to go to Philly for four games next week. Mm -hmm. And then just like that, Phillies are off their schedule for the next five months. Mm -hmm. Just kind of strange how that works out. Um, Rockies are not going to see Zach Wheeler, uh, who pitched on Sunday. Not so well, but he didn't face live hitters all throughout spring training against one of those weird wrinkles yeah. of this shortened spring training. So his spring training is, is similar to, you know, what the Rockies and, and all the other 29 teams are dealing with. Yeah. Pitchers are going out there, you know, they're on a pitch count, a very strict one. They usually are in some sense, but, mm-hmm. but right now it's, it's incredibly strict because we know the season is already a marathon, but now maybe it's an ultra marathon because you just got to stay healthy. Exactly. Yeah. And, it's like, I feel like we're still in spring training for these pitchers, you know? That's true. It is, and, and that's the reason why spring training is six weeks long. It's for the pitchers, not for the hitters. Yeah. Some of the hitters, uh, Buddy even said, some guys can get ready in, in 10 days. Like, it's that quick. Um, Chris Bryant said he only needs about, like, 45 at-bats against live pitching. And that even includes going out on one of the backfields to face live pitchers, mm-hmm. which, you know, they did in spring training. And so even that. So you could even, you know, load it up and have six at-bats Every day, do the quick math, and in, in, in a week, literally a week, six mm-hmm. times seven, forty-two, you're ready to go. So you can get ready that quickly for a hitter. But the pitchers, it's it's going to take a little bit longer. And mm-hmm. so we'll see today how Chad Cool does in his first start as a member of the Rockies at Coors Field because he's he did at least once before mm-hmm. with the Pirates. So this will be a, a good test for him for Mister Delaware. Let me, yes, for Mister Delaware. I love that nickname. I'm glad it's catching on with with, with us. I talked to him yesterday briefly about his finger. He said it was fine. It, it's something that's happened before. It's really, and this goes back to pitchers being ready, is just his middle finger isn't calloused enough. Mm. So it's just, it's not necessarily how he cuts his uh, his nails. Because that was something that bothered me when I pitched a little bit. Sometimes on my middle finger, the pressure I put it on, on the inside of it, mm-hmm. where that would happen. It's not that big of a deal. You don't notice it that much. But once his finger calluses up, anything that's acidic, Pickle juice is one of those things. You could put your, your fingers in pickle juice to kind of get it to harden up. 
some players, um, well, I won't get too graphic, but there are other acidic substances that can also be used in the shower that you can rub on your hands and, and use that I've, I've spoken with numerous people before. And as someone who did some indoor bouldering uh, for a period of time and, and enjoyed it, it works. The, those methods do work in, in callousing up your hands. I can't breathe right now. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, well, I, you can go ahead and ask Chad Cool about that after the game if you want. About how do I his word methods. that question? <laughs> yeah, what's the secret to callousing your hands? I don't know if I want him to answer that. <laughs> yeah, you, you might be right. I, I don't think I even want him to answer that either. <laughs> I don't know if I'm if we're on that level, me and Chad Cool. But there are tricks. There are tricks. <laughs> there are tricks to the trade. Uh, one guy who's uh, struggling at his craft right now is Kyle Schwarber, mm-hmm. who is. Certainly not the prototypical leadoff hitter, big burly guy, mm-hmm. beefy boy. Oh, oh, thick with two C's. He's a big, he's a beef boy. Yeah, he is. Uh, but a good leadoff hitter, great on base percentage, knows how to draw a walk. He's not going to steal a base for you, but he's going to get on base. Similar to Connor Joe, where you look and go, well, that's not a guy that's going to be able to take second base. No, but it is a guy that's going to be able to get on first base fifty percent of the time. Mm-hmm. So you like that trade off right now, Schwarber though. Uh, was removed from the leadoff spot on Sunday. He was in the midst of a 1-for-28 slump. Bad fifth on Friday and and, uh, had a two-hit game there. So Philly's trying to figure out their lineup. They don't have that solution yet. JT Realmuto was even batting leadoff on Sunday. So it's weird to have a catcher hitting leadoff. Yeah. (laughs) That is, that's a bit abnormal. Rockies had Elias Diaz batting cleanup. That was only the, only like eight catchers in Rockies history have ever hit cleanup. For the Rockies. Okay, I'm guessing you can name all of them. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> you, I'm guessing well, you could. Encyclopedia Patrick could name most of them. I couldn't. Well, we, William Rosario did it about 54 times. Ramon Hernandez three times. Uh, also, actually four times. Three times for, for Dustin Garneau and Charles Johnson. Mm-hmm. And so Elias Diaz right there with two. He did hit once uh, cleanup last year. So that's kind of a this interesting rarity that we're going to have. So could see some unique lineups between the Phillies and Rockies. And then Alec Baum... We're thinking from from some of my sources, he could go back to third base after that three-error game that had him talking ill of the hometown crowd. Yeah, um, so that was just, everyone was kind of talking about this just because, I mean, Philly fans have a reputation for their intensity. But yeah, sure. Alec Bohm, um, after his three errors in three innings, said, I effing hate this place. And, <laughs> you know, that's not anything that someone from Philly hasn't said about Philly. So I'm like, it's fair. Um, and he's getting booed. You know, it's a tough situation to be in. But then afterwards, you know, in an interview, he was like, I didn't mean it. Like, I was just emotional. And, like, I love Philly. And Philly respected him owning up to that. Yeah. And he got a standing ovation the next day. And I'm like, I feel like i haven't seen anything like this that is really cool like i i love that he you know he owned up to it in that way and then philly's fan that's that's like turning a corner as a fan base and as a city that's interesting i don't know if that will be a big thing and alec Baum, you know he had a good rookie season in 2020 got some rookie of the year award votes i think he was still even eligible uh for an rookie of the year in 2021 uh which, which is kind of strange and you know, he, he fell a little bit flat last year. So he's not like this uber prospect that, hey, the city's trying to rally around and support. So that being said, again, I, I think it could be an interesting turning point for Philly fans if if maybe they're like, they have a little more self-awareness. I'm like, you know what? Let's root on our guys and let's let's cheer them on mm-hmm. rather than be so quick to 
to boo them. I think they still will do that. Yeah. But then they might, we might see more of the rebounding and, and like, okay, we gave you the business last time, but we're now letting you know we do love you and you know mm-hmm. why we had, we had to punish you, right? You know why we had <laughs> yeah. to boo you. Okay, now go out there and do your best and and cheer for you. And so I don't know that that's an interesting little story. Yeah. To follow, it's a little city. bit of it's a little bit of character growth for the Philly mm-hmm. fan base. Yeah, I they're think like so. they're probably thinking, okay, we can't run everyone out of town. No, we'll have no one left. <laughs> we are the city of brotherly love. Maybe we should act like it. Maybe, maybe. I have a feeling we're going to be talking about this again next week when the Rockies are in Philadelphia. There's going to yeah. be something else going on. There's there's always that. something going on in Philly. So, yeah, we'll have no shortage of things to talk about, I'm sure. Absolutely. All right, let's let's get around the league with uh, the NL West with a little segment we like to call, for the first time ever, why the West was won. Not how the West was won, but why, why? the West was won. And so we're going to look at the other four teams in the National League West and kind of determine from a couple interesting facts, figures, statistics, if this is going to be indicative of whether or not the team is good or not. So we'll start with the Dodgers, who are 7-2. and two. Mm-hmm. Good fit, by the way. Good fit. Thank on the, you. The yeah, so cap. if uh, you're watching, you will see that I have put on a cowboy hat because we're talking about the West, and I love a prop. Um, so, yeah, here we are. You need to get on board next time we do this. Well, I haven't gotten a haircut since before the pandemic, so I'm also doing the same thing, generally speaking. Oh, nope. yeah. You went uh, with wild not. hair for the Wild maybe West. Not. That's it. My, yeah. I have. I look like I have horse's hair, which is a, a cowboy thing. I don't know. It's a cowboy thing. <sighs> Man, I, I got I to buy a cowboy hat now? Yeah. I'll, I'll look around next time I'm at the thrift okay. store. I'll see Thank if you. I find Appreciate you anything. Because sure we don't Fabrizio. have a budget for props yet. <laughs> Yeah, Febreze that thing, please. I uh, I cleaned this. I've had this hat for a while. I've okay. worn it a bunch. It's been cleaned, I promise. Looks sharp. All right. No so, one needs to be concerned. <laughs> so Dodgers, seven and two. I mean, there's not much to say other than, you know, Andrew Heaney is is a guy to look at right now. Made two starts. Was uh, a guy they actually signed before the lockout on Sunday, six innings pitched, no runs, 11 strikeouts, and you go, Who's Andrew Heaney? Well, he used to be a pretty big prospect for a while. Marlins, Angels, and he's with the Dodgers. And I know it's only one start, but I think the Rockies, or rather, I think the Dodgers have have figured it out again. Mm -hmm. They've got yet another guy that's going to be annoying that they pick up out of the blue. Reclamation project that revitalizes his career. And so, you know, despite some of the questions about the Dodgers rotation, Andrew Heaney is going to be a dude for them now. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's their division to win or lose. You know, they're the favorites. Everyone knows it. It's just like we're all just like along for the ride. We're we're living in the Dodgers world. Yeah. Yeah. And they're they're seven and two. Like if any, you know, anyone like Rockies are six and three and you go, hey, is that an indicator of something? Well, it's an indicator of a good nine game, you know, period of time. And Mm -hmm. again, you can hope on it. But the Dodgers being seven and two, you go, okay, it's. That's what's expected. So they're they're going to be okay. Yeah, you know who else is seven and two? Who? The Giants. Ah, yes. San Francisco Giants also seven and two, tied for first place in the NL West. Is something that jumps out at you that that could be indicative of whether they're trending up or they're trending down right now through the first week and a half of the season? Um, I uh, just have a a hunch that they are trending down. Ooh, okay. Yes. Why's that? Um, well. First of all, they have Jake McGee. <laughs> so wow, shots fired. Okay, shots fired. <laughs> um, True. So I, you know, that's 
what, what are we doing here? Yeah, you know, he's has a prominent role in their bullpen. It's sad to say, well, maybe it's not sad to say, but it's frustrating to say, see him have a lot of success. Uh, won the World Series in 2020 with the Dodgers and then was a part of a 107-win team, most in, in franchise history for the Giants last year. And here he is again kind of doing that thing. But he's one of the he's a lefty reliever. Like Those guys have a long shelf life, and he's been really good. But again, like, like you said, uh, do, you, do you really want to trust that guy? I don't know. Um, I'm going to say they're, they're trending upwards because, and this is a nice little story, Alyssa Nakin, you may have seen uh, over the last week, made baseball history when she became the first woman to appear as a coach in an on-field capacity in a major league game. Now, it came in, uh, you know, a, a, a wonky like, situation, yeah. <laughs> right, where there was a little back and forth. The, the first base coach had gotten ejected, maybe a little racial overtones or undertones, I should say, uh, there. And so they needed a first base coach. So Gabe Kapler said, hey, Alyssa, go put on that sienna colored helmet i don't know what color those oranges are that's like right? a neon orange almost yeah they're city connect jerseys those are not my favorite city connect jerseys so i'm sad that that had to be her debut <laughs> and that's the helmet that's going to the hall of fame yeah too. he says gabe, gabe said yeah go out there and make some history uh and you know she does a wonderful job and you know got some nice congratulations so yeah. you know you like seeing that but i but to that and how that all happened was you know, the Giants broke a couple of those unwritten rules, quote unquote. And mm -hmm. after the game, Gabe Kapler didn't back off from it and said, that's kind of part of our strategy is we, we if we can dominate and we can maybe steal some bases, even if we're up by more than seven runs, you know, in the final three innings, whatever it may be, that's advantage. We're in the first game of a series here. So if we can get deeper into your bullpen, that could lead to more wins in game two, game three, or game four, if it's a four game set. So this could be really interesting trend that we could see going forward where if you don't just, you know, have a, what do they call it? Uh, what do they call a TV episode that only takes place in one? It's a bottle. It's a bottle episode. Okay. It only takes place in like one location. Mm -hmm. So you say, ah, one game is just a, a bottle. So, all right, let's, let's go through the motions. Let's end the game. So be it. And then tomorrow, you know, we'll pick back up where we left off. No, actually, if we can dominate enough, you got to use another guy in your bullpen, overexpose him. Now, now your hitters are are getting to see that guy and, and facing him, getting a little bit more comfortable in the box, and that could lead to an advantage in game two, three, or four. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of thinking, it's it's a little analytical, right? It's a little sabermetric wise. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll we'll see what happens if more teams pick pick up on that, but. The, the days of the unwritten rules are really starting to go by yeah. the wayside. Gabe Kapler's an interesting dude, but I like how he was like, um, you know, it's not disrespectful, you know, it's just the best way to win a series. And what I think he said something along the lines of, if you guys want to do that to us, go for it. Be our guest. That's true. Yeah. He said, bring it. Very true. Like Mrs. Potts, be our guest. Be our guest. Was she the first one who said that? Probably. I haven't seen that movie in a while. Whoa. All right. Lumiere oh. sings it. You're right. I just said who said it first. Listen, but you're I'm, right. You could be right. We I'm get, just a cowboy. I don't know anything about Disney movies. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to say Kale was correct on that. The first ever Beauty and the Beast reference on the DNVR Rockies podcast. This is the content that's put us in the top 100 yes. of all baseball programs in the United States of America. This is what is skyrocketing us to the top right now. That's it. And what's going to skyrocket you to sleep is uh one of Optimal's fast asleep gummies. <laughs> get them at Lightshade, Colorado's premier dispensary. They've got the solution for you. 
if you're up late at night with the Rockies and, and you probably aren't stressing about the bullpen quite as much as normal, but nevertheless, all you got to do is take one of these bad boys. It's got 10 milligrams of CBD, just a hint of THC enough. That's going to get your eyelids feeling heavy in about five to 15 minutes. And in zero minutes, you can order your very own Wana Optimal's fast asleep gummies at lightshade.com and get 25% off with code DNVR. Use code DNVR at any of Lightshade's 11 Denver Metro area locations. Padres are six and five. They are right behind the Rockies. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Again, we can have into the season. Padres have already played two more games than the Rockies. They haven't had an off day yet. They look at them on that grind. They are grinding. What are they, minor leaguers? It must be. <laughs> so the the number that, you know, I'm, I'm still so torn with them because I, I think they're very suspect, but I'm going to say they are trending upward for the reason that they did win on their home opener against the world champion Atlanta Braves, a 12 to one victory last Thursday. So even despite without, you know, even despite not having Fernando Tatis Jr. And, you know, having a lineup that's solid one through nine, but doesn't have anyone that really scares you with Tatis being out, mm-hmm. you know, they are, they're figuring those things out. So I, I think they are trending a little bit more upward than anything. I must be like just a negative Nancy on everyone. I'm going to say the Padres are trending downward. Okay. First of all, speaking of downward, I don't know if you guys saw uh, Tatis was playing soccer on the field before yesterday's game. I'm not quite sure why, but he slipped and fell on his good wrist. What? So he's just out there being reckless, you know? I'm like, you're going to break something else or you're going to mess up the one you already broke. Um, wow. So I don't know. I think they're trending down. Um, but, you know, they do have a few of our old relievers. That's true. A yeah. lot of Colorado natives, they they have as many as the Are Rockies, they, yeah. don't they? Yeah, I think they do. Yeah, so they've got Taylor Rogers, Pierce Johnson, and Stephen Wilson. So they've got go. three Colorado relievers. Look at that. Mm-hmm. So they're stealing the Rocky strategy. So maybe that's means they're trending upwards. Uh, maybe. But then again, then again, so I've talked to you about this. I don't know if we've <laughs> talked about this on the podcast, okay. but Eric Hosmer is having a baby in September. Yes. So what does that mean? So he's going to be super distracted. Yeah. And I think believe that. And I think he's going to have a lot of free time in October to help take care of that baby. Yeah. When you've got that kind of stuff going on, it would be interesting to see if you could even break it down with like first child versus the second child versus like the eighth. And by that point, you're just like, just text me when that baby gets born. Mm -hmm. You know, by the time you're on eight, I imagine you're just on text status. I I don't know. I'm at zero. So. (laughs) Well, this is his first. Um, he okay. and so he'll Casey, probably be there. Yes, he and Casey McDonald are having their first. She's a Philly girl too, so I I adore her. Um, so I wish them the best, but I don't think Eric Hosmer is going to be uh, crushing it this season. I'm looking forward Who to knows? all of our <laughs> wag content for our wags, so the wives much. and girlfriends <laughs> of the baseball players. Casey McDonald's. That, that's yeah, the name? that's her name. Yeah. Look at that. The more you know. I've been following her career for a long time. She was on TV in Philly, which is where I'm from. If I don't know, you guys didn't know that. It's okay <laughs> because on Sunday I referenced New Jersey five times oh after gosh. not I think all season long. It's just kind of one of those things that came up. <laughs> Phillies are in town, so it, it, it is fitting. It's appropriate. I think we can. I think we'll agree. So we've kind of uh, Giants and Padres. We haven't agreed on which way those teams have been trending, but mm-hmm. I think on the D-backs we might. We might be on the same page. We I'm, can all agree on this. <laughs> I'm going to say trending downward yeah. because although, you know, the Diamondbacks don't really have too many big name players right now, the guys they are relying on, they're, they're bread and butter players. It's not a thing, but mm-hmm. I think we know what that means, <laughs> uh, are getting hurt. Luke Weaver on opening day, you know, was pulled during that start. Nick Ahmed, who's 
you know, great defender, very light uh, in the batter's box, but nevertheless, he's on the IL. Uh, utility infielder Josh Rojas, J.B. Bukowskis. What a name. Not to be confused with Charles Bukowski. Not a baseball player, just an interesting author. And an outfielder, Jordan Luplo, who, you know, the D-backs, I think, were relying uh, on him to be a nice little platoon player. And he, he has some good numbers. He's he's okay. But all those guys on the IL. So, shoot, if things are going to trend upward, you need your best 28 and eventually 26 best mm-hmm. players on the roster to do those things. And right now they don't have their best 28 players. So they're trending downward. You know what they do have? Did you know that Ali Perez is still around? You know, I kind of had overheard that, and I was like, nah, that's probably not real. I, he's Maybe he just tried out for somebody, but no, he, he, he signed on with Arizona, right? Yeah, so this is his 20th wow. MLB season. He just made his 700th appearance. He's 40 years old. A miracle. <laughs> it's a miracle. <laughs> yeah, he and he missed a year, too, so he could, he could, could actually be in his 21st year. Like, mm-hmm. there are guys who are on that roster who were like two and three years old when he made his major league debut. That's and, insane to me. And and the fact that they've got room on their roster <laughs> for a guy like that, that lets you know somewhat where they are at uh, as a team overall. So they're they're kind of trending downward. And, and ultimately, that is why the West was won. And a little yeah. bit of how. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> pew. This was great. <laughs> This was good. All right. You wrote a good story. Let me take this hat off now. Because <laughs> we're really not good... talking about the West anymore. Well, we... Do you have a hat for this segment too? I don't have a hat. I don't, our... have a, I don't have a road trip hat. Let me read my notes. Road trip banter. Okay. So <laughs> you wrote a good story. A uh, really good story. Thank that you. You can check out on the DNVR.com. Remember, only 50 cents for your first month about uh, interviews with both Robert Stevenson mm-hmm. and, and Lucas Gilbreth. Yeah. About, you know, they're down in Albuquerque right now. They're on the COVID IL which sounds worse than it is because they're playing baseball even though they're on the COVID IL. And, uh, well, I'll, I'll let you spill as many beans as you would like to kind yeah. of set the scene because it's pretty wild. Well, yeah, so it's been like 10 days. So, like, they yeah. are allowed back in the clubhouse and all right. of that. Um, so, yeah, they both tested positive for COVID the day the team was flying back up to Denver from spring training. Um, so they were just like, oh, gosh, like this sucks. Like we're stuck in Arizona. What are yeah. we going to do? Uh, but Lucas Gilbreth was like, you know, what? let's go up to Denver. I've got a facility where we can just like stay active and, you know, keep throwing and all of that. So they decided to go on a road trip. They drove. <laughs> it's like a 12, 13 hour drive yeah. from Scottsdale to Denver. Um, so they like switched on and off. And um, Lucas was telling me like, oh, you know, we like spend a lot of time together we obviously talk a lot but they just like talked for like nine hours straight um and uh yeah stevenson had a uh like the playlist going he was the dj so it's just they have like a delightful little road trip which i think is just so cute that that is that is somewhat of a rom-com you know like it's a buddy comedy i guess it could be a buddy well hey why not it could be could be some rom in there yeah instead of a bud com yeah that's not a thing no all right it's same you know, it's it's they're both in love with the game of baseball. Yeah. So in that that capacity. Oh, baseball yeah. is the love story, you guys. Uh, and that's a it's a that's a beautiful drive. But you know, probably if we're optioning it as a movie, we'll have to set it where you know they're going maybe through the south a little bit and then the northeast because like pretty much that's almost twelve hours going from you know New York down to Florida. So you're you're hitting that whole coast 
and all the the different personalities and areas. So you see a lot in 12, 13 hours of driving. So in the midst of working and writing for DNVR and DNVR Rockies and writing your book, mm-hmm. you also need to get the script going from this buddy comedy. All right. I will talk to them about getting the rights to that. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, ah, man, road trips are are fun. Not when you have COVID and you're s- stuck in a car with someone else mm-hmm. that you you know he's a colleague, coworker. Yeah, but that is uh, as an interesting road trip. Yeah, it was interesting. I think Lucas was feeling fine. Robert was feeling not so fine, but yeah, they were in it together. They're feeling better now. They're all good. They were they were quarantined. They were- I mean, man, yeah, we. I, I, th- I think they did it all in one day. So like they didn't even, they did it all in over. one day. Yeah. Cause like I was, I was saying like, I have done that drive. I did that drive a couple of weeks ago and yeah. I break it up into two days because that's too much driving for one person, but for two people to split it, you know, off and on, they, they made it happen. They powered through. Now, would you rather? Oh, oh wait, no, that's your line. <laughs> all right. So yeah, good road trip game is would you rather. So I'm going to do a little, would you rather? Okay. Keeping with the road trip theme. Okay, road trip so edition. would you rather road trip to all of the teams in the AL West or the NL West? I th- just because Oakland's in the AL West, <laughs> uh, it's still you know basically San Francisco. It, it's NL West. I mean, we we did a show uh, with with Drew Goodman in the off season where we kind of we drafted the the road trips, mm-hmm. and the first thing I had on my we we talked about this mm-hmm. uh, over dinner the at the ballpark with, with a couple other people. And it's like LA, San Diego, you know, yeah, the Rockies go there twice a year. And so you've had all these opportunities to go, but it's still very, very pleasant. So LA, San Diego, San Francisco mm-hmm. is fantastic. And then, all right, you know, we'll do, deal with Phoenix. Phoenix is nice as long as it's not in the middle of the summer and there's yeah. not a haboob going on. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to go, go that route. Either way you get LA, right. And in, yeah. in, in, in both divisions, you kind of get San Francisco Bay Area in both divisions. Seattle. See, that's the thing. You know, you're missing Seattle if you pick. But then the two in Texas, so that's okay. I um, think I think I would stick with NL West. That's I don't know. I mean, this is you know a game of opinion, but that is the correct answer. Yes. <laughs> Let's go. There's only one correct answer there. It's true. I think that might be. I think that's probably the best in all of baseball too. To be honest. Yeah. The Centrals are centrally located so no so they're an easy i don't even have to run through all the different cities to make sure i'm not missing anything so you know maybe maybe the al east is okay you know this this was my this your this is my next question okay sorry (laughs) so relax i drove down the the road (laughs) okay here we get the yeah i I drove I drove past the exit and said, hey, come on, let's keep going. All right, go ahead. You're off the road right now. <laughs> all right, so next question. Yeah, would you rather road trip to all the AL Central or all of the NL Central? Okay. We got Kansas City, Minnesota. Chicago is, is going to be for both. Mm-hmm. Detroit and Cleveland. Eh. So then in the <laughs> NL, <laughs> NL, we got Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, uh, St. Louis and Milwaukee. Oof. Um, oh, I just heard an audible, <laughs> audible throat clearing from producer Kale there. I feel like all of the noises I'm hearing, there is not enough love for the Midwest. Can I say AL West? Because I didn't use, I didn't pick AL West on my last one. So I'm gonna say AL West. That what a missed opportunity. I, I I think I might actually go AL Central. 
Interesting. I, Cleveland. Yeah, I don't want to hear anything about Cleveland. Cleveland is one of my favorite ballparks. KC, I love the ballpark and the city. Unironically, KC, you're getting good barbecue. You know, go, mm-hmm. go to the Negro League Museum. Yes, which is which incredible. Is cool. Highly recommend. Haven't been to Target Field yet. I was at the. I saw a baseball game at the Metrodome, which was odd to say the least. And so I haven't really explored Minneapolis. Oh yeah, RK's got me rethinking this Cleveland Detroit business. But Cincinnati. Uh, no, you know PNC Park is awesome, but Pittsburgh closes at about seven p.m. on a Saturday night. But Pittsburgh is so a beautiful city. It is. It's a beautiful city, and that is a phenomenal ballpark. Truly, one of the best. If you get an off day, maybe check out the Warhol Museum. You know, Andy Warhol's from that area, mm-hmm. so you know you can you can get the uh, the artistic vibes going there. <sighs> but at least you get Chicago at some point. Yeah, no matter what, you're getting to go to Chicago. And Detroit's kind of on the come up, so it's like a hi- hipster. I- I'm going AL Central on that one. Okay. I'm going NL Central on that one. Okay. Yeah. But it, but it's not as definitive though, right? It's not as definitive. Okay. I just right. also, I'm just surprised at all of the uh, Midwestern disdain in this room right now. And maybe the workaround too could be when you go to Milwaukee you can just drive back to Chicago that night. I, and so double dip on Chicago and that I, could flip it. You're right. I actually had to do that yeah. when I went to Milwaukee. I don't know why there was like nowhere to stay. I don't know what the heck was going on in Milwaukee when I was there. Uh, but I like went back to Chicago. <laughs> the The first big road trip I took with my dad where we saw four games in four days. That's what happened where night game in Milwaukee, day game into Chicago. Mm-hmm. And it was like, Wow, we're gonna see like two games in twenty four hours. Doing some day drinking, you know, was in two, three cans already by that point. By yes. by noon, it was like this is this is pretty good. This is pretty good. I love that. That's fun. I love a baseball road trip. It's very on brand for me. All right, one more for you. you got one more. Okay, yeah, if you it. know where this is going, would you rather road trip all of the <laughs> AL East or all of the NL East? I would probably so well DC. I think it's gets the edge over Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Right? You have both in New York, but mm-hmm. Bronx, a little closer to Manhattan. Uh, I think that's a notch above the chop shops in Queens, uh, but still same general area. Uh, Boston, man, I went to Fenway once, and I don't know. Boston's uh, intimidating. It's an intimidating town. I haven't been there in, in like fifteen years, so I would be interested to go back to find out. But Tampa, Tampa as a city. Is uh, seems okay. No, I mean maybe I'm just hanging out on the beach. Maybe I'm going to Dunedin or Clearwater. Yeah. So I'm not actually doing Tampa properly. But I I kind of have the feeling I I might go AL. I mean I don't, who am I missing in well, Philly? Okay. I think I think it's uh, that's pretty close too. But I'm actually gonna go. Oh, but then you got Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm for going, me, I, I'm, oh. <laughs> he's so excited. He's injured himself. Nobody, uh, yeah, nobody record that and, and put that on online as I whack myself don't, in the face. Don't make I'm it going into NL a gift. East. Yeah, God forbid, don't. Doy. Don't uh, do it. NL East. I'm going NL East. I'm I flipping. actually, I agree with you on that. Um, in terms of the New York teams, I like City Field significantly more than I like Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium, this new one, is very <sighs> sterile, yeah. and it's filled with Yankee fans. You do have to deal with that. And they're a nightmare. <laughs> I've never, like, I have... I just there's always stuff going down whenever I go to Yankee Stadium. This is um, true. There's always someone who's like trying to ruin everyone's night. Um, yeah. I yeah. Miami is a lot of fun. Better than Tampa. Better than Tampa. Everything Agreed. is better than Tampa. I think Tampa is one of the most off-putting ballparks 
It's just it's and, as city wise. I mean, Miami's got a lot more culture than Tampa. Bay. Exactly. Although Tampa does have at least one Wawa that I know of. No knock on Tampa. Yeah. And I, you know, I do. I represent Wawa country all day, every day. Yeah. It's very important to me. Very important to my heritage. And we, we I think we agree. DC has the edge over Baltimore. And so really all you we're talking what? about is Baltimore. I or, don't agree because Philly. I think, I think Baltimore, I love Camden Yards. I think that's yeah. a great, it's a great ballpark. Yeah, it is. City-wise, though. But city-wise, yeah, okay, That's where right, the edge yeah. goes. I, I and so then you go yeah. Boston, Philly, and even if you give the edge to Boston, I think the NL East has has enough other wins over the AL East. So. Boston and Philly are both similarly intimidating fan bases. True. So. I mean, Boston has more history, but Philly still has a ton of history. Philly has so much history. It's the original capital of the United States of America, yes. which has decided, A, it prefers Washington, D.C. as its capital, and it prefers us as the 96th best pod baseball podcast in the land, USA. Heck USA. yes. That's us. <laughs> That's us right now. We got a, we got a baseball game to go cover now. We, do, we should probably uh, get to doing that. We have to get to work because we're not at work now. We're, <laughs> we're just having no, fun. We're just, yeah, we just do this for fun. It's a passion project of ours. Yeah. <laughs> Again, only... 50 cents for your first month at the dnvr.com. And if you go to the annual membership, you get a free shirt at dnvrlocker.com. That can include, uh, that can include even one of our two new Rocky shirts that dropped, the new Nikola Jokic shirt that just dropped last week as well. So you got a lot of options there. We're going to be covering the Philly series. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at dnvr underscore Rockies. I'm at Patrick D. Lyons. I am at the Susie Hunter. And this has been great, but you know what they say about momentum? It's only as good as tomorrow's podcast. So we'll talk to you then.